Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is about the book of John and how there's seven miracles, uh, uh, miracles with a message, and there's seven key people who say that Jesus is God, and there's seven witnesses, and then there's seven I am statements. And so we've seen all of those. We see John as a witness. We see all these people witness to who Jesus is throughout this book. In the first part of the book, you could entitle it The Miracles of the Messiah. And then the second part of the book, The Secrets of the Savior, in that uh, upstairs from chapter uh, 13 and 14, to, actually to 16, he's up there in that upper room with the disciples and he's uh, telling them the things they need to know and of course we need to know to live the Christian life. And then chapter 17 to the end, you really can call that the sovereignty of the Savior because Jesus shows he's sovereign even when he dies on the cross because he says, no man takes my life from me, but I give it up willingly. And so we are in that section, the miracles of the Messiah. And so we can see that we've seen four miracles so far. We see that Jesus turned water into wine, which was a miracle of creation. We saw that he healed a boy from 15 miles away. He took a man that was uh, laying by a pool for 38 years. And today, actually, we get to the fourth miracle. But it's the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. And so we want to talk about that a little bit today. But remember, chapter 5 is kind of a pivotal chapter because in chapter 5, they get a little tired of Jesus. And he says he's equal with God, and God's his father, and he's equal with him, and his father's been working, and he's been working until now. And because he healed the man on the Sabbath, they wanted to kill him. And then when he said he was equal with God, they wanted to kill him all the more, right? And so he keeps telling them, look, if you don't honor the Father, you don't, if you don't honor the Son, you don't honor the Father who sent him. I'm equal in authority. I'm equal in judgment. I'm equal in ability to give life. And he said that he, he judges, he, he resurrects, and he also has that authority to give eternal life to people. And so we've seen these works, these witnesses, that the works which witness to him and the witness of the Father, the witness of the works, the witness of the scriptures, and the witness of John the Baptist. And so he lastly says, Moses wrote about me. If you believed in Moses, 
you would believe me for he wrote about me, but you do not believe his writ. If you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And remember, Moses was considered in their society the greatest of all prophets, the greatest of all men. And so he says here in chapter 6, he says, after these things, and this is a good little while afterwards because he's already called the disciples. He's, uh, he's done a bunch more miracles. He's done all kinds of things in between chapter 5 and chapter 6. But what happens, he says, after these things, we don't know exactly how long, but it says Jesus went over to Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given things, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is coming to the world. Excuse me a second. My nose is wanting to run. So as we look at this section of scripture, we're going to see that there's this multitude. And remember I said a bunch of things had happened. If you look over in Mark chapter 6, you'll see that Jesus had, uh, Jesus and his disciples had been preaching and teaching all day and doing miracles and healing people. And they've been doing this all day long, and it's, uh, they're pretty worn out. This is like the end of the day, right? And it says that they went over, and uh, they went up on the mountain to rest a little while. Well, guess what? That rest didn't last very long, because guess what? Here comes the multitude. So they go over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and they call it those, it's the same name, it's just called different places in different areas, so... He said there was a great multitude that followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Notice what the key word there says. That, that a great multitude followed him. Why? Because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Remember this crowd that's following Jesus until they, they're saying, Hail him, hail him three days before he's crucified and then they, then they say nail him nail him you know crown him crown him crucify him crucify him and so this crowd is following him because they want to fix me feed me heal me Jesus and unfortunately that's what a lot of people want today right they want to fix me feed me heal me Jesus they want somebody that's going to 
do all the things, fix all the problems, health, wealth, prosperity, whatever it is, a lot of people want that. And then when that Jesus doesn't show up, that Jesus doesn't deliver, they walk off because he's not the Jesus they were looking for because that's not the Jesus of the scripture. Yes, he can heal. Yes, he can feed us. Yes, he can do all the things that we were talking about. But whether he does it or not, that's up to him. And sometimes he does it. And sometimes we might be poor all our life or we might be sick half our, all our life or most of our life. And we don't never know what our life's going to be. But that's why we can depend on him for everything in our lives. And that's why we need to. And so all these things that happen in our lives are meant to draw us to Jesus, not push us away from Jesus. And so he says here that they came because they saw the signs. And remember that's that same sign, the miracle with a message. Every time Jesus does a miracle, it's a miracle that's pointing to the fact that Jesus is God. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that was foretold thousands of years before in the Old Testament. He's the one that, that comes to heal the sick, to, to give sight to the blind, to heal the lame, and to uh, fix the lepers, and all of these different things. But ultimately, he comes to save those because his name means Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And so he went up on the mountain. He sat there with his disciples and then it says, now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Remember I said the Passover had kind of been messed up by the Jews because they were celebrating it just out of formality and something that they did. But the Passover was ultimately always the point to, point to Jesus, right? Because when Jesus dies, when does he die? He dies on the Passover. He dies at the very same time those little lambs are dying. And he's the one that the Passover pictured. That's when they left Egypt. And the last plague that the Pharaoh won't let them go. And Moses says, let my people go. And, and he, he won't let them go. And that last night, they put the blood on the doorpost and the lentils from that little lamb. And those that had the blood on the doorpost and the lentils, the destroyer, the death angel, passed over. And did not kill the firstborn. But in every house that did not put their faith in Jesus for that. They died. The firstborn died. Every one of them in that house. And so he says. Now you know it's interesting too. Because all of his miracles. He dies on the Passover. He does this miracle near the Passover. And he cleanses the temple near the Passover. So all of these things happen. Close to the Passover. Or on the Passover. And it says, he lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that, we, that these may eat? Now we don't know exactly why he asked Philip this other than that he lived in this particular area. And so maybe he thought, well, if anybody knows, uh, Philip might come up with an idea. But Philip's like most of us. I was trying to remember that saying I read the other day that the guy said that, that most of the time we're presented with what seems to be insurmountable difficulties which are actually great opportunities in disguise. There are all these great difficulties that seem to be unmovable, unable to be anything done about it, but they're disguised actually 
in the skies, there are great opportunities for us to trust in God and let him work. And that's what's happening here. This is a great opportunity. But yet, we see Philip here. And he says, he says to Philip, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. So what Philip comes up with, he calculates in his head that two-thirds of a year's worth of eight wages would not be enough even to give each person a little. Now, we're going to see, uh, we know that here when we see the, the miracle done, that there's 5,000 men plus there's women and children, and there may be as many as twenty to 30,000 people. There's probably closer to fifteen or 20,000 people here because there's men and women and children. If you read all of the Gospels, and this is the only miracle that's actually record, recorded in all three all four Gospels. And so he says here that, hey, it can't be done. <laughs> three quarters of a year's worth of wages wouldn't even give each one of them just a bite, you know, a nibble. And so here, here's another one. He says, one of his disciples, Andrew, si Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, how'd you like to go about, maybe you did when you were a kid, but, but uh, Andrew's always called what? Simon Peter's brother. <laughs> Everywhere you look in the scripture, he's always Simon Peter's brother. Maybe you were so-and-so's husband or so-and-so's wife or so-and-so's brother or sister or whatever it was when you went to school or wherever you're at, you know. And uh, But here it says he's Simon Peter's brother. And Andrew, every time you look around, Andrew's doing what? Every time you turn around, Andrew's bringing somebody to Christ. And so he, he knows where the answer is at. He just can't quite get there. But he's, he's calculating his head and he's trying. He's, he's not like Philip. Philip's saying, nah, it can't be done. And Andrew's over here trying to figure out how can it be done. And he says, there's a lad here. That means a little boy who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? And so basically what he says there is there's a little tiny boy with, a, with some little fish and some little loaves. So there's not much there, right? And so this, this, uh, these fish are probably like the little tiny sardines. They're real small. And, and just like the little boy and these five barley loaves, I was listening to a guy a while ago. He said they'd be about like half of a hamburger bun. And that's all he had was maybe two and a half hamburger buns, complete buns, is what he had total, you know. Now, barley too, I don't know if you realize this, but barley was the, was the food that they mostly fed the bread back to animals because it really didn't have that much nutrition and it really wasn't that good for humans, but most of the time they fed it to the animals. But the sign here is the boy's really poor, but if he's eating barley bread and these little fish, he's, he's a really poor kid. And so he says... Here's a little boy, and he has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And so Andrew tries to figure it out, but he can't quite get there either. And then Jesus said to them, make the people sit down. And so they have to sit the people down. You know, we read this thing, and it takes maybe a minute or two minutes to read 14 verses, but I wonder how long this really took for these people to gather and then 
them to tell them to sit down and them to find out, you know, have, that there was a little boy with a, two fish and five loaves and, and all of these things happen and then actually break it all up and, and carry it around and feed 15, 20,000 people and then gather the, gather the baskets full of bread back up. I wonder how long this actually took to do. You know, that's just something I wonder about sometimes. But So Jesus said, make the people sit down. I don't know if they just hollered, hey, everybody sit down, you know, or, or, or they had to walk around because they couldn't all hear them or what, you know. And so they said there was much grass in the place. So it was a comfortable place. There was a lot of good grass. And so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Like I said, if you read the other accounts, you find out there's 5,000 men and women and children. And so Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So think about this. Jesus takes the loaves and when he had given thanks. So Jesus gives thanks. You know, the disciples might be looking at him going, why are you giving thanks? It's just two little fish and five loaves. What are, what are you going to do with two little fish and five loaves? That ain't, they're probably looking around going, what in the world is going on? How's he going to feed all these people with two fish and five loaves? And he's over here thanking, thanking his father for them. And so he gives thanks, but he's thankful because he knows what he's about to do and what's going to happen, right? And we need to be thankful and praise the Lord because we don't ever know what he's going to do, but we just know that he's still on the throne and he's a good God and he loves us and cares for us, right? And so he took the loaves, and when he given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. So he hands them to the disciples, 12 disciples, and then those disciples have to walk around and hand them to everybody else. How long does that take them? Get 15, 20,000 people or hand them to the men, and then the men distribute them out to the rest of them. I guess in one of the other accounts, it says he sat down in groups of 10s and 50s, and maybe they just put a bunch down, handed it to them, and then they distribute it. And so we don't know exactly how that happened. But it says, likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So they didn't get just that little bite, you know, that they were talking about, that there's not even enough for each one to have a little. But they were completely full, it says. So when they were filled, everybody ate as much as they wanted to. Nobody went away hungry that day. Nobody went away and said, man, I wish I had a little bit more fish or a little bit more a bread, man, that ran out, what happened? You know, you go to a restaurant sometimes and your food runs out and you look around and go, where's the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> Me and my wife ate in a barbecue place one time. We had literally had to go home and eat to get filled because there wasn't enough of it and it was ridiculously expensive, I don't know. It was supposed to be world famous barbecue. It might have been world famous for being good, but it wasn't that great to me and it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't enough to fill me or her, and that was bad. I mean, I might say me might be one thing, but it wasn't even enough for her to be filled. But all of these people are completely filled. They, they go away. When they go away, they have a full belly, right? So he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. So they go around and they, they gather them up and they fill 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those that eaten. 
Now they gathered up bread because apparently there was enough fish to go around and there was nothing left over. But Jesus is what? The bread of life, right? It didn't say he was the fish of life, but he's the bread of life. And he always satisfied and there's always more of him than we ever need, right? And so they go and they fill 12 baskets, one for each disciple. And these weren't little old baskets. They were supposedly pretty big baskets. I don't know how big they were, but they filled 12 baskets. And he says, then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, here's that word sign again, the miracle with a message, and they get it somewhat. They said, this is the prophet who has come into the world. So they believe, remember last week, we talked a little bit about that, how Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, said, there will arise a prophet after me. And, and I don't know if you realize that Jesus, the first time he comes, he comes as what? Prophet and priest, right? He comes as a prophet to speak to us about the word of God. He comes as a priest to die on the cross for our sins. He sacrifices himself, dies in our place. And then one day he comes back as king of kings and lord of lords, right? The most high God. But here, let's think about a couple of lessons from this here today. You know, no problem that we have, there's no problem that we will ever have that Jesus is not big enough to handle. Did you know that? We can take any problem we got to him. We don't know what the outcome might be, what he'll do with that problem, but there's no problem too big that God is not there for us in the midst of it, right? And then there's a second lesson here. Think about this little boy. He's just a little old boy. But you know what? God can use anybody. You know that? God can use anybody. It doesn't matter who we are or where we've come from or what our background is or anything else. God can use any of us or all of us. And he can use us because you know, but you know what the problem is most of the time? We're not available to be used, right? We're just not available. Most people are too busy doing their own thing or saying God can't use me. One guy said it like this. Don't ever say two things. God, you don't need me and I don't need you. Or say that to the people in the church or the other believers. We need each other. The Bible says the body of Christ is one body but with many members and we're all part of the body of Christ and all of us have different abilities and gifts and we need to love on each other and take care of each other. And y'all should do that in here too. Y'all should be there for each other and pray for each other and love on each other and help each other. If you can, if there's any way, you know, maybe have a little prayer chain and pray for each other and whatever you need to do. And so we think about that and, and so we see that, that Jesus he always does what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. So he does this miracle with a message. And he provides more than's needed. And you know, God can do that in our lives too. He uses this little boy. And he uses the disciples. And he uses this group of people here. To show them who he is. And you know, our lives should be demonstrating to other people every day who Jesus is. We're to 
talk about him if we get a chance. But you know what? A lot of times people just see us when we're doing the little things. They observe us and they see us. And sometimes that gives us an opportunity to talk about who the Lord is and what he's done for us. But you know what? We ought to every time we get a chance. There was one guy, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll live up to this, but he, I know I don't, but he said, Lord, if you'll give me an opportunity, every time I open my mouth, I'll talk about Jesus. You know, that's what we ought to be doing. To be able to, you know, people stand around all day long and they talk about sports and this and that and all these things. But what's most important in life is Jesus, right? He's the one that died for us. He's the one that paid the price so that we could have eternal life. He didn't, he didn't just die so that we could improve ourselves, but he died so that we might be forgiven and saved if we would admit we're sinners and ask him to forgive us and save, save us. And that's why he came. And if we could have got to heaven some other way, you know what? He didn't need to come, did he? But he came that we might have life and life abundant. We might have joy and peace in spite of the problems, in spite of the troubles. You know, God loves us and he cares for us. We know that. John 3, 16, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall never perish but have eternal life. So I hope and pray that you're not trusting in a church membership or good works or I'm I've done more good than bad or I'm a good person or I've, my communion or I was baptized as a baby or, or, or some confirmation or anything like that to get you into heaven because the Bible says that the only way you get into heaven is if you confess with your mouth and believe with your whole being that Jesus is God and that he has risen from the grave and when you ask him to forgive you and save you he will forgive you and save you. Remember there was that publican, the, the tax collector guy, and he was the most hated of all society. And then there was that Pharisee, he's over there patting himself on the back, saying, man, I'm such a wonderful guy. Look at me, God, I tithe, I fast, I do this, I don't do that. Man, I'm so good. Don't you, aren't you proud of me, God? God's up there shaking his head, saying, son, that ain't what gets you into heaven. And that old publican, that old tax collector, the most hated of society at that time, he just wouldn't even look up. And he just said, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible says that he went away forgiven and saved. But that old Pharisee, he went away still in the same condition because he had this up here and he had a big ego and he thought all those things got him closer to God, but they didn't contribute one little bit. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So if you've never trusted him, ask him to forgive you today. Ask him to save you and trust in him. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father but by him. So all those other things, they don't do anything unless you know Jesus. And then when you know Jesus, you do those things because you love him, because you trust him, and you'll do good works because you've been forgiven and saved. Good works don't save you, but good works show that you have been saved if you're truly a believer. 
Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for those here. We just ask that there's even one here who's never trusted you today. They would cry out and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me. And Lord, for the rest of us here that already know you, Lord, we lift each one of those up and ask that they would just glorify you and we would thank you and praise you because nothing is too hard for God and you can use any of us. And you always do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to your power that works in us mightily. Lord, let us be available. Let us be your vessels, your servants to be used of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.